is an international revival ministry with our founders, Jason and Golden Hunt. We are honored to be honored to have you join us today. And at this time, please open your hearts and your minds and hear God's life-changing word. We understand that God is present. For, so for the respect of the Holy Spirit, let us avoid any distractions. Mute our phones and have our Bibles ready to follow along with the scriptures and take notes. Um, so we, we uh, here at Fireman, we, we are, we partnered up with royaltyflames.com site to partner up with our bookstore, Royalty Flames, www.royaltyflames.com, and we have a new awesome bookstore that you can visit, and you can also download messages absolutely free at global. and every... And coming soon, we also have a book by Golden. It's called Golden from Life to Death. And we also have um, we also have a worship and prayer CD featuring um, Pastor Jason and Golden. And we also have an audio book devotion featuring Pastor Jason Hunt. We also have an EP music album by Golden comes very soon. So, and at Fire Round, we, we also have um, a couple of series that, that is very powerful series that you can follow along. Is Fire Round's Wisdom Collection and I Am Anointed by God series. And you can also join us every Sunday at 11.30 on a conference call, and at 6.30, we have meetups also, and the location is always to be announced. And if you have any further questions, you can also call 954-580-6303, or email your, uh, email your, email your name and your email to FireRealm info at gmail.com is F-I-R-E-R-E-A-L-M info at gmail.com and at this time if anyone would like to would like to have do anyone have a testimony that they would like to share you can do that at this time Good morning. Good morning. My name is James L.T. I read this book um, a year and three months ago. I had a charge pending on And a week ago, but earlier this week, which Tuesday gone, I had went to court. And I was praying on it for a while. I was just walking. I just let life, I just let God take control over everything. And I walked into the courtroom. Before I walked into the courtroom, 
I walked into the courtroom, everything stopped. Like, I just walked in the room, everybody looked at me, then they called me up to the podium. And the judge looked at me, the judge said, you violated your probation. Instead of him taking me into prison, I'm going to give you one more chance. And I know that was just the work of God. That's my testimony telling me it's a wake-up call. Like, Jay, stop playing. Jermaine, stop playing. God is real. God is here for you. You know, I was talking to one of my co-workers, and he's in his word. He, he, he's heavy in his Bible. And I was talking to Pastor Jason. And they were saying the same thing. Like, you know, we God's child. Everybody. So I got a little daughter. You know, when she made mistakes, I don't, I do not like beating my daughter. I don't beat her. I'd rather sit down and talk to her. If she confessed, tell me the truth, it'll be easier for her. So I took it in my way and I prayed on it. And I just sat down and talked to God. So the same way I look at my daughter when she tells me the truth, I feel like the same way God look at me and every one of us when we come to him with our problem and we tell him the truth. And that's my testimony. I thank you. Well, we thank God for that powerful, powerful testimony. Um, and just to let all of us know, when when you anything dealing with, and I think I thank the uh, man of God for that, just being transparent with his testimony. And a lot of us know that once the judge makes a decision, they don't be going, they don't go back on their words. They don't, um, they don't, they don't just. Give a a, 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 a a guilty and say, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. That doesn't happen. But it will happen when you put your life in God's hands. And when you, you obey God in the midst of the situation. And so I thank God for, for that, that um, for his mercy. Because that does not, that does not happen. A judge never doesn't say, I'll give you another chance. That doesn't happen. But I know a judge in heaven that when he makes a decision, he can use a man in the earth to show his decision that he made in the situation. So when you didn't deserve grace, God will give you grace. So I thank you, uh, Jermaine, for that powerful testimony. Uh, does anyone else have a testimony this morning? All right. All right. So we thank God. Uh, we thank God today. And um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start. And start the service for today. And we thank everyone for joining into the fire realm. Um, we hope to that all those that's joining in, that we can see you at um, 
at 6.30 this evening uh, for, for, um, for, for, for the evening service at the FIU campus in FIU North. As was stated, please contact us by the number that was provided. Or, or you can just reach out to us who, if you have our contact information and we can uh, give you all the addresses and things like that. Uh, quick announcement, we are also having our first, uh, first uh, outing, our first field outing where you'll be able to meet us personally and also where we're going to have uh, some refreshments and things like that and fellowship on our field day. What does the field day consist of? It's not going to be so heavy, but we are going to be exercising that day, uh, doing some, just some, you know, just some exercises and things like that. We're also going to do a couple of activities. It's going to be awesome. I would encourage you to come out or to bring family members or to bring whoever you would like. It's, uh, we are going to provide refreshments for you and you'll have an opportunity to meet, meet us and things like that and also learn. Um, one of the things that we, we're going to show is that for anything you want to do concerning Christ and concerning God, you got to put the work in. And so it's the same thing with exercise. And so that's the theme of it. We're going to go we're, we're going to be uh, going around the track and uh, doing just it's not going to be too heavy. So don't get scared. You're not going to pass out. All right. Uh, trust me, a, a, a child can do some of the exercises that we're going to be doing, and it will be fun as well. So it's our first field day here in the fire room. We 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 always uh, try to have some events going on outside of the meetups. Uh, so we hope to see you. I'm just giving you a, just a sneak peek of what we're going to also be doing on that field day, but we're going to be doing much more than that. So. Uh, so we would love for you to come out. If you would like more information, please let us know. We are going to have a, a flyer that will be blasted out there for those who want who those who want to come. And if you are a part of the fire run, we ask that you will share that flyer with uh, those in your contacts, either on your phone or on your social media. You know, just put the word out there. We believe in family. We believe in uh, uh, connecting with other people and meeting new people. We want to meet you. You know, we want to hear from you. We don't want to just hear you on uh, on Sunday mornings or see you here and there if you have seen us uh, or whatnot or if you have uh, interacted with us on the conference call. We want you to fellowship with us. We, we, we want to get to know you. We want to pray for you. We want to just love on you. So, so uh, that will be happening in less than two weeks. Uh, the we we were just trying to get everything uh, situated and and finalized, but in less than two weeks we are having the field day, the fire realm uh, 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 field day. So we would love to see you out. Uh, also for the bookstore that was mentioned, uh, we the bookstore has tons and tons of resources. I mean, so many books. If you're dealing with a certain area. And you want um, more information on how to overcome that area? Just get a book from the bookstore. We also have children's Bibles. Some of us, you have children. You know, you can read the Bible to your children, and it has pictures in it. Some of the resources we have have we have picture Bibles where you'll be able to sit down with your child and talk to your child about. Uh, 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 the stories of the Bible and they can see in those stories how they relate to them even as a child so we we do have that available so check out the bookstore as it was status in royalties flame or just go to our website fire realm global 
but I just wanted to piggyback on the announcements and uh, and just put put it out there uh, what we're what we're doing here and and as it was stated my wife we're super excited here in the fire room uh, for some of us who don't know my wife golden she's also a music artist uh, she has a music career and she has been singing for years matter of fact before she was saved she would she was on tours going from city to city well known had albums I mean, and God saved her. Some of us probably heard of the Pussycat Dolls or, or making the band in the world. She has been on those type of uh, platforms and God saved her. Uh, God saved her uh, and and changed her life and changed her name. And now she's golden and she's coming out with her uh, debut EP this year. We hope that you will support, buy it on iTunes, share the video. The music videos are, are going to come out. But we're doing some big things here in the fire room and we want you to be a part of it. And, and we, we, we want to bring something new to Miami. And we believe that God is using our ministry to do that. So we believe also that you hold a key place in this ministry if God has brought you here so so don't stay on the outskirts get connected to what God is doing so I uh, just wanted to state that this morning uh, do you have anything to okay all right so let me go ahead and just get started with the message uh, today today uh, it's going to be a little bit different today the, some of us who don't know we've been on a series called communication and um and, and relationships and um we i mean god has really been doing some awesome things in people's lives including myself through this series here and i i know it'll be a blessing but uh we've been doing a series and it comes from for some of us who don't know we have an organization called god's world diadems it's really it's really uh, it really deals with the core issues about relationships and things like that. Some of us have had pasts where we don't really know how to communicate or we've been through trauma in our lives. And if you go to our fire, the Fire Realm website, you can see a section where it says God's Royal Diadems and you can see what we do. Well, this is a part of God's Royal Diadems. This is a part of our organization. This is uh, a side of uh, it's not separate. We still preach, but we deal with core issues concerning a person's soul, concerning their relationships, concerning um, areas of their past. We, that's where we really uh, deal with. We also do life coaching. Some of us who don't know, we are life coaches, myself and my wife. Uh, we are life coaches where, where uh, whether it's finances or whether it's areas in your life, we coach people on how to go how to live life all right so with god god is more than just reading your bible or your spiritual life god is more than that god is concerned about your finances he's concerned about your relationships he has something to say about these areas he has something to say about why you think the way you think he has something to say about why you keep making the same old decisions and you're never getting any results god has something to say about those things and the lord has has uh gave myself and my wife this area of ministry and being life coaches because we believe and god has shown us that the people that he's he sends in our lives that uh he wants our story to encourage them so they can know 
that yes, you can be uh, have success in your life. Yes, you can. But you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to take advice. You have to be willing to say I'm wrong. And that's what we do here in the fire room. And this is the portion of God's word diadems, the life coaching. Some of us have already uh, experienced. Uh, experience where we'll sit down and have counseling sessions and things like that so I just wanted to give that overview and you can find out more on our website but uh, today we're going to deal with love and commitment we're going to deal with love and commitment and this is a message that's going to really be like surgery for us it's going to be like surgery because God is really going to go deep this morning so so you can uh so you can be able to really see why some of us make the decisions that we make. Why do we, um, you know, why, how, what makes us, what makes us the type of person that we are today? All right. So the first thing is the foundation for any foundation. That's where you start. The foundation is where you start. Okay. When you build a house, the house that you live in. It didn't just appear there Before they even built the house It was just grass there and dirt But what happened was The con- the people who were doing the construction They started to build the foundation They digged up the land And they put in the concrete And they put in the, 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 the metal sticks So they can proportion the land Alright, so This is what this message is First, we're going to deal with the foundation Then it's going to be another portion that's called building. All right. So, so the first thing is when dealing with the foundation, uh, the foundation of, uh, of your life concerning love and commitment is what does love even look like? That's a question. Do you know what love truly looks like? Here's another question. What does commitment look like? Do you know what even commitment looks like? All right. So many of us, I wrote this down, many of us have views on love and commitment that are not based on God's views. In other words, the way you see love and the way you see commitment, you think, oh, I know what love is. Oh, I know what commitment is. But actually, you don't because it doesn't line up with how God sees it. And the Bible says that God is truth. So that means that the way we're seeing love and commitment is not based on truth. Alright? I go even deeper with you. Who's the one that even started relationships? Who's the one that even started love and commitment? It was God. Because because before human beings existed, He knew what love meant. He knew what commitment meant. He knew what relationships meant matter of fact god is the one that created male and female to interact with each other and he's the one that created marriage and relationships so it would make sense to go first to god to even learn what it looks like am i correct okay so 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 check this out Isaiah 55 verse 6 through 9 We're going to read that And I'm going to prove to you 
how some of us, the way you view rel- the relationships, love, and commitment, it doesn't line up with God's way. I'm going to prove that to you. Okay. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, so God is making it very, very clear. He's showing that. The way we think, it's not how he thinks. <laughs> the way he, he sees things is not how we see things. And the way he sees love and commitment is not how we see it. So, so let's get even deeper. So we see that some of us, our views on love and commitment is not how God views it. Right? But here's the tricky part. Because I I wrote this down. We apply these views, which is our views, to our relationships with mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, kids, and church. We apply these views to the people around us. And here's how... We have got the here's how we we end up getting these views. These the way we see relationships, love, commitment, all that. How do we get these views? And how do we apply these views to those around us that we love? Well, I wrote this down. Our backgrounds, experiences, how we were raised, etc., shaped us without us realizing it. And we begin to make the same choices that we said we never would. Have you ever heard somebody said, I'd never be like my parents? Or I hate how my parents, you know, how I was raised and things like that. And they realize that, man, I'm acting just like my dad or my mom with my kids. See, what caused that person to be in that type of state where they end up seeing that about themselves? They didn't realize that because of their background experiences and how they were raised, that unconsciously, it began to shape their behaviors. What does it mean by unconsciously? Meaning that if you're raised in a certain environment for a long time, you will find yourself beginning to act like, respond to, or even think like that environment you were raised in. Even when you change uh, to a different city, a different state, or you go miles and miles away, you think that, that, that see, most people, they think that, okay, I'm just going to go here to escape the environment. That's not the problem. The problem was, it wasn't the environment that was the issue. 
They didn't realize that it was them. And because of that environment, they begin to adapt behaviors from that environment. And they take that same attitude, that same decision, that same belief system wherever they go. Here's a perfect example. Someone, someone may say, okay, you know, uh, everything bad is going on. You know, we're in Miami. Everything bad is going on in Miami for me. You know, I just want to go ahead and leave. I just want to leave Miami. I just want to leave my family. I just want to go off and, and do my own thing. Right? And a person may say that. But the question is, have I went to a place to evaluate if I was the problem? That's what that's what you got you know that's what some people don't think about or for, or it could be in a, a, a different situation you know you you've probably seen it before where you know I'm, I'm I'm married to this person and it ain't it's not working out so hey let me get a divorce and marry someone else hey I marry this person this new person it's not working out let me go ahead and marry someone else and and they never take the time to to question themselves and say, am I operating with this person because of how, of my belief system and is the reason why my relationships aren't working out is because of how I believe or how I respond or how, or, or, or the decisions I'm making. They never do that. And so what happens is, if you're not careful and, and to realize this, you will unconsciously take these same attitudes and these same behaviors into being a believer, into being a Christian, into the church. For example, you know, we have these sayings in the church. Oh, I'm not friendly. You know, what caused you to have that type of attitude? Have you went through a lot of betrayal in your life? Or for example, you know, I've. You know, I've experienced this before and it's crazy. You know, oh, I can't, you know, I can't trust these pastors out here. And I'm like, uh, okay, I didn't do anything to you. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I just met you yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, so I would hear people tell me this and they don't realize it. But when they respond like that to me, even though they don't know me, it's not that there's anything bad with me. It's just that that person... Their background, you know, I, because I'm a pastor, you know, I, 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 you know, I meet a lot of people, but I understand that their background and what they were raised in and what they have seen in their lives is affecting their views, even concerning a new relationship, even concerning something, someone new that enters into their lives. So these are just some examples I'm giving you this morning so you can kind of see where I'm where, 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 where I'm going uh, this morning so here's another one first John we're gonna read first John chapter 4 verse 7 through 10 and it's gonna even go even deeper to show that how how we see love and how we were raised to think what love is it doesn't line up with how God sees it first John chapter 4 verses 7 through 10. Dear friends, <clears throat> dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love 
does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we, excuse me, that we might live through him. So let's start back at verse nine. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Okay, so the Bible is making it clear that God is love. So that means if you want to know what love is or what commitment is, it first starts with God. And and it doesn't mean that it not it not just starts with God. It means that you have to begin to search the word of God to find out what God's word has to say about love. And that's what we're doing this morning. So here's another thing about love is that love is also sacrifice. God said, the word of God says that, okay, here is love. God, God's word is saying, all right, let's make this plain. Here is what love looks like. Love looks like this. God sent his son to die for people who didn't want him. So God sacrificed for those that didn't deserve sacrifice. So that shows that love is sacrifice. That's one. Also, it shows that love is unconditional. It's not based on what you do. It's based on who it is. God is love. So even his enemies that didn't want him, God still loved his enemies and those that didn't want him. So, so this is what love looks like. But yet, some of us, we have not seen that love or learned how that love looks since childhood. And because of that, <clears throat> whatever you grow up thinking love or commitment was, it took the form of you even being an adult. For example, some of us, when you seen your mother, for example, going to work late at night, you know, sacrificing for you. You thought that's something that she was supposed to do. So what happened to you? you th- now you think as an adult that you're entitled to things. In other words, your mother sacrificed because she loved you. She went to work, worked her fingers to the bone. Didn't even want to wake up in the morning, but she was tired and aching for, to, to go to work because she loved you. But you didn't see that. Because you had issues of being kind of spoiled. And now you become a believer and a Christian. And you come into the church. And now when, when, when God is telling you to sacrifice. 
You think that's beneath you. Oh, I don't know. You know, oh, the, you know, that can't be from God. That can't be love talking to me. That can't be God working on me because, because I, I, I'm used to having my own way. You know, these type, I'm just giving an example. These type of attitudes that we have, it comes from how we were, we, we, we were raised. Some of us, it comes from how we were raised. So, so check this out. Let's go on even deeper. I wrote this down. We are grown, but never learned anything, yet we are trying to operate in life, church, and God. We're trying to operate... We're trying to, um, we're trying to, you know, go to church or we're trying to get a life right with God. We're trying to have relationships in life, you know, mother, father, sister, and brother, co-worker. And we never really dealt with these issues that we haven't learned. We never really dealt with the fact that how do I even see love? How do I even see e- 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 even commitment? How do I even see these things? So... I'm going to give you a further example. And this is the building portion that I mentioned about in the beginning. Here's an, here's an example of something that actually happened in me and my life. Uh, I remember a time where, where, you know, for some of us, we, we don't know this, but my mom, she loves gardening. <laughs> she always been like that. You know, uh, I was raised in a home where, you know, where we... we, we we were big on natural products or, you know, my parents from the islands and things like that. So I grew up in a home where they grew up around a lot of farming and things like that. And um, when I would grow up, well, as I was growing up, we used to have, when I was younger, uh, even chickens in the backyard. We had mango trees. We had vegetables and things like that. And I would have to go and, um, and kind of help out in the yard, you know. And, you know, we're planting things and things like that, the flowers. So, and as I got older, I, 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 I kind of got tired of that. <laughs> but then, you know, you know, to help my mom, you know, I would do it. You know, I would help my mom and things like that or, or plant this and plant that. But after a while, I got, I, I, I began to like it. I began to like uh, gardening, believe it or not. You know, and, um, and the reason why is because I would see... That when I would go to plant or something and I would dig in the ground, it was like a process to actually get that plant to where you want it to be. I remember times I would like one time I received this plant, which they call uh, fever grass, but it's called lemongrass. I received a plant from someone and they uprooted it and put it like in a bag, plastic bag for me. And I said, oh, man, because what I would love to do is I would love to have tea with it, have, have, have that type of tea. I mean, I would mix up the mint and I mix up the lemongrass and it would taste good. I mean, I love lemongrass tea. And um, and I remember me taking that plant and having to plant it back in the soil so I could nurse it so it can begin to grow again, even though it was uprooted. And the process that I would have to do is this. I would have to remove the rocks from the area, right? Make sure it's not really a grassy area. I have to remove the grass and I would have to dig deep in the ground and and I would make sure it was an area where it wasn't a lot of bugs because what bugs would do is they would eat at the certain bugs. They would eat at the roots of the plant. And if you're not careful, 
it could eat up the root of the plants and, you, and it could destroy the plant and make it die. So I would, I would learn these things. And eventually what I learned uh, from planting the plant, I would go week after week, day after day and water that plant. Make sure it was good. I would, I would prune it. In other words, I would make sure it has, if it needed extra fertilizer, where the fertilizer was, was like medication to the plant that would help it to grow better in certain um, environments. And so God began to teach me about this process of planting and that that's how it is with his word. And that's how it is in my spiritual life. See, at that time I was going through certain issues in my life and in my heart that God was uprooting some things and planting some things in my life. And even though I just like in just like when I first hated gardening, I hated that process that God would take me on when I would have to learn certain things about love or about commitment and things like that. I would hate it at first, but God began to teach me, son, the same way you hated gardening at first, that's what you're doing with me and what I'm doing in your life. See, God was trying to teach me about love. And he was trying to teach me about sacrifice. But I hated it. I was like, Lord, why, why everywhere I turn, people are always doing me wrong. And I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Why, why, why I always got to get the shorter than the stick? Why I got to always love my enemies? Why I got to always, uh, 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 you know, show up for church on time, Lord? Why I got to why I gotta do these things, Jesus? Why, why I got to fast and sacrifice and do all this thing? God, I don't want to do this. You know? That's how I felt. But God began to show me that I was in a process of growth. And so the things that I used to hate, now I love. I love fasting now. I love showing up early for service now. I love praise and worship. I love reading my Bible. I love loving my enemies because why? Because I have seen people who was once my enemies get saved. See, I've seen people who once hated me. Now they say, Jason, I respect you. You know, I, 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 I love you, man. Like, like, I mean, you a cool brother. You know, how can I get my life right with God? See, I've learned the process of what it takes to grow in love and commitment. And that's what God does. So I wrote this down. Also, it says, what does God's word and fire realm, this ministry, what is it doing in your life? Well, what it's doing in your life is what God did for me when I was gardening. See, God is using his word and he's using this ministry as we begin to preach and things like that. And you got the messages online and resources. God is using it like a tool in your life. And what is that tool doing? Let me show you what it's doing. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. It's doing what God said to Jeremiah, the prophet. Here's what he said. He said, see, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck out and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And I want to highlight this part. To build and to plant. See, just like when I planted, when I, you know, would plant seeds. And I've planted many, I mean, I've planted potatoes. I've planted many different things. 
that I've seen grow over the years, flowers, you know, you know, me, me, me and my wife, we be, we be fighting over who's going to, you know, water the flowers, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you know, we've been there too, you'd be like, no, I'm going to water the flowers today, no, let me water the flowers, you know, <laughs> you know, we've done that before, but, uh, you know, just joking around, but, um, but me and her, we love gardening, Matter of fact, we I remember us picking out these plants and oh my goodness, when we when you see those plants grow in season, it's so beautiful. There are some flowers that that are so beautiful in and they only bloom at one time of the year. Some only bloom for like a week. Go online, don't don't take my word for it. You know, it, it's such amazing thing what God has done in our earth today to show how his word works in other words some of us in our lives you're not seeing anything you're like god i i you know i hear you lord but i don't see you say that you have planted love in my life that you have planted commitment that you have planted forgiveness but why am i not seeing that in my attitude why i'm not seeing it in my behavior it's because god said my child i only planted it you're not giving the seed that I planted time to grow and to become fruitful. Don't feel bad that, 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 that some of us, you, 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 you know, you got saved or, or some of us, you, God is dealing with a, you in a new area in your life and you're struggling. And, and God is causing you to be aware of what's going on where you wasn't aware before. You see, you're aware that the seed is planted, but you want the seed to become a tree tomorrow. No, you need to give it some time. Give yourself time to grow. God is not going to, see, you're that tree. God is not going to uproot you because you made a mistake. No, God is saying just like that tree I planted. I planted you in my house. If I'm giving you time to grow, why don't you love yourself enough to be patient with yourself so you can give yourself time to grow? See, but his, let's go even deeper. What caused us personally, some of us, what is causing you not to even be patient with yourself? What is causing you not to love yourself enough to be patient with yourself? Could it be that nobody had patience with you growing up? That you are used to beating yourself up. You are used to beating yourself down to the point where now that you're saved, God is being patient with you. But it's hard for you to even be patient with yourself because of how you're raised. See, it's deep. This is real deep. So, so we see here. God is trying to build you. He's trying to plant something in your life. He's trying to plant commitment. He's trying to plant what love looks like. He's trying to plant purity. He's trying to plant forgiveness. He's trying to plant these things. And he knows it takes a process of watering and tending to the plant. He knows that it takes a process for that, for, for, for that seed that he planted in your life to grow. So let's see. Let's get into this even deeper. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 to 13. We're going to see how love, how it applies to our relationships, our communication, our commitment, 
areas of our lives and how it even applies how we deal with people each other even in the church we're going to see how what love should look like in in our lives and what commitment should look like in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 I would say that's like the blueprint of what love looks like. If you ever want to know what love looks like and you're unsure or you want to say, you know what, you know, I'm in a relationship with somebody or you, you know, or, or whatnot, or I'm thinking about a relationship, ask yourself, does it match the blueprint of what the Bible says love looks like? And go to the, let, we're going to read this word of God and if 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 you notice that hey it don't really look the same that's kind of letting you know that's not love. So let's see what 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 the Bible has to say, and we're really gonna go slow and dissect this so we really can digest this. Go ahead. First Corinthians thirteen, verse one through thirteen. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love i am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if i have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if i have faith that can move mountains but do not have love I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. All right. So, so if you notice here, the Bible is saying that it's talking about in this scripture when Paul was writing this letter to the church, he was dealing with spiritual gifts. And he was also dealing with the fact that if you do a lot of good works, if you do a lot of good things for people, and it also deals with the fact of even if you are very religiously uh, 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 passionate, you would say, he was dealing with all these areas and he said that if you don't have love though, it's nothing. So that means you could be the most gifted person. I mean, when it comes to gifted, I mean, you have, you know, you're the epitome of gifted. But God says in his word, if you don't know what love looks like, it doesn't mean anything. You could be the most giving person. You could be the most giving person. I mean, you're Mother Teresa. You know, you give to everybody. I mean, people love you. They even come around because they know you're going to give. You know? But if you don't know what love looks like, it's nothing. It means nothing. You could be the most passionate person. In other words, you have you ever seen people that's passionate about something like, oh man, they, I mean, they, they're really on fire for that thing. I mean, you know, you, if you ever seen people like that, that the Bible is saying that you could be passionate but if you don't even know what love looks like, it's nothing in the eyes of God. Remember, God's ways is not how our ways are. So, so the question is, so, okay, so we see all that. So what, why does God say that it's nothing? Here's why. 
Because of what love does Here's what love looks like Love is patient Love is patient That's the first thing Remember I was talking about patience Patience means that When you love It causes you To be patient with people You know if you find yourself Real quick tempered You're always You know quick tempered Like the littlest things just gets to you You know that people do Oh I can't stand you You know you're quick at the mouth You don't know You 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 have an issue with love. You need to ask God to pour more his, of His love into your heart. You're not patient. You know, we talked about, I just mentioned it briefly. You know, some of us, you're so hard on yourself. I mean, you're more hard on yourself than God is hard on you. And God is like, be patient with yourself. Allow yourself time to grow. You know, don't beat yourself up as soon. You know, I've, you know, I've, you know, just being a pastor for years, I've seen people, you tell them, you correct them, or you tell them something that God is telling you to tell them. And later on, they think they're not even saved anymore. And I'm saying to myself, you know, hey, what, you're still saved. What caused you to think that you're not even saved because God gave me a message to give you? And then, God began to reveal to me that this person has an issue with understanding God's love in the form of patience. That's why they can't be patient with themselves. They struggle with what's called condemnation. They, God is not condemning them, but they condemn themselves because they don't understand fully the patience of God. Here's a little glimpse. If God was patient with you for years, waiting for you to be saved, how much more would God be patient now that you are saved? Now that you are His child. See, I've been there too. I really struggled with condemnation, but God helped me because I understood more of His love and spending time with Him. Love is kind. So that means that when I find myself being mean to people Being mean to my family You know Or they say Oh man you're just so mean if you, find your, if you find people telling you that A lot of people keep telling you that Or certain people who are close to you Telling you that uh, There's not a problem with them There's a problem with you And the issue is You don't understand what love looks like In the form of kindness You know Practice his 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 a little challenge. If you find yourself struggling with being mean, how about for the whole week you say, you know what, I'm gonna do something for the whole week. I'm gonna be kind to people. Just you know, I did a little exercise one day, and and and, and then this is good. You know, practice practice uh, uh saying good morning to people. Hey, good morning. Instead of come some of us you come to work so mean. Instead of saying that you know, I'm just going to you know, you you just come in and hey, well, you somebody say hello, somebody say hello, you like uh, oh, who are you talking to? <laughs> no. You know, say yeah, yeah, some coworkers or yeah, some people or even family members. Yeah, this person may not be who they need to be. But you be the change in the atmosphere. 
So go on a challenge. You know what? I'm going to say good morning to the people I meet. I'm going to be kind this week. I'm going to practice kindness because I want to grow in the area of my love. Here's another one. It does not envy. Verse 4. It does not envy. That means when I see something somebody else has that I may want, I shouldn't feel angry at the fact that they have it and I don't. That's envy. In other words, in other words, you want what they have and it causes you to treat them a certain type of way. Unconsciously, some of us, because of, because of the fact that we never really had things in our lives or you never really had something, you know, you really struggle with that. You know, you may look at one relationship, oh, you know, look at her relationship or look at his relationship that they have. You know, I don't have nobody. And now you have developed anger and hatred and envy in your heart for this person. No, it shouldn't be when you know what love looks like. You know, if you struggle with that, ask God to give, Lord, help me not to envy. Give me a heart of love, Father God. It do, here's another one. It does not boast. It is not proud. That means that it's, it's not always trying to be seen or it's not always, you know, it's all about me. You know, in other words, it's, it, it, in other words, it thinks about somebody else more than it thinks about it, it, it itself. So here's another one. Verse five. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Uh-oh. It keeps no record of wrongs. Have you found yourself saying that I forgive, but I ain't going to forget? <laughs> You ever find yourself doing that? Hey, I've been there too. You know, you're not by yourself. So don't, you know, but, but, but it keeps no record of wrongs. Why does it keep no record of wrongs? See, what happens is when you understand why God has forgiven, how God has forgiven you for what you have done, it's kind of easy to not hold unforgiveness and records of what somebody else did to you. You know, forgiveness actually frees your heart. Because every time you operate in unforgiveness and holding records from people, what happens is every time you see them, you get angry. You start receiving stress. Do you know stress is, is it, it could kill you? Stress actually causes you to even look older according to medical, uh, in the medical, uh, medical and science and things like that. Stress is one of the leading cause of a lot of diseases. So God knew what he was talking about when he was saying, hey, forgive your enemies. Forgive, you know, keep no record of wrongs, you know, because God was, God was also thinking about your health. And not only that, the Bible says, if you don't forgive men of their sins, God can't forgive you. So some of us who's going to God praying, God is saying, I can't, I can't listen to you. And you're like, why God, why you can't listen to me? Why my prayers not getting answered? Because you have unforgiveness toward those who have done you wrong. And I'm not saying that some of us, you have had people do horrible things in your life to you. Some of us, the reason why you can't move forward in your life in certain things, maybe it's financial or legally, I don't know. But 
The reason why you can't move forward is because of what people have done to you. And you kept those things in your heart. And you're still angry to this very day. I'm not saying that what they did wasn't relevant. Yes, it was wrong. But what I'm saying to you is, if you're going to move forward in your relationship with God, if you're going to move forward into your future, you're going to have to be better, not bitter. I was praying that this morning. Some of us, that's really, really a struggle for you because the things that has happened to you, it has caused you to be a mean person. It has caused you to have a cold heart. It has caused you to not accept any new relationships. And your new relationships, the new people are being affected by the old relationships and what people have done to you. And God is saying he wants you to be better. Rise above. What people have done to you. Don't become bitter. Don't stay there in that bitterness. In that hatred. No. Rise above it. Because when you rise above it. It shows that love has stepped into your heart. God's love has stepped into your heart. And it may be that you have to ask God for forgiveness. Lord forgive me. For hating myself so much. That I wouldn't forgive someone else. As you have forgiven me. Because you're destroying your spiritual life. You're destroying your soul. God wants to move in your life. But he can't even forgive you. Because you can't move forward. So. So you got to let God. You got to let God. Give you the power to release it. You know I remember this happened. This used to happen to me when I first got saved. And um. I remember the people that I had. I had issues with in my past. There was a time when God would have me to bump into them uh, uh, during the week because I really wanted to get close to God. I wanted, I really wanted to get my my relationship right with God and things like that. And God would we'd be talking to me about forgiveness, and I'm like, okay, I'm hearing about forgiveness, you know, in His Word. And then I would meet people from my past who I know I had a problem with. In other words, in other words, oh, 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 remember, oh, I remember when you double-crossed me, homie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and the thing is, I would see these people, but something strange be- happened in those moments. I noticed when I would meet them again, in my past, I used to hate when I see them. But then, now that I'm saved and I'm Christian, because of what I learned in my relationship with God, now that I see them, I would feel no anger. The hatred is gone. And I I mean, and that was an amazing part to me. There was nothing there, and God began to show me. And matter of fact, I began to minister to those same people and tell them, hey, I'm saved now, I'm a believer now, you know, or, or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the same person I used to be, and things like that. And they will respect me for that. But I found out something. Here's a truth that I found out. God began to show me that, son, the person you used to be is dead. And this new person that I made you, it's this new person, they, 
they has no problem with those people. Why? Because that old Jason, that old person has died. That old person is dead. Why, why would you want to hold on to the issues of a dead man? My God. See, some of us, the reason why you still have issues with the people of your past, now that you're a believer and you're Christian, is because you haven't fully let go of that old person. That old person is dead. That old woman is dead. That old man is dead. Leave them in the grave. And God said, operate in your new life. Move forward. You are a new person. You are a new believer. Operate in in the newness that God has called you to move in. Let's read on. Let's read on further about what love looks like. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Uh-oh. Some of us who love, you love some of us, you love seeing on YouTube people fighting and Fighting in the street And practically almost killing each other You know I, I, It's like a trend now I see some of these young brothers young, You know Where, 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 where they, they record these videos About someone getting knocked out On the concrete Or stomping on this person's head Or they, they like seeing and, and, and you who's a believer You like watch You know you may like what in you will cause you to enjoy someone almost getting beaten half to death? What will cause it? You know, and I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I don't want, I'm not trying to, get, you know, I don't want some, some of us to get too religious on this issue. I'm just giving an example. I'm not saying that, you know, because I used to do that growing up, you know, you, you slap boxing, you know, some brothers, you know. That's, that's, you know, that's how they, you know, we got this competitive things where, oh man, let's slap box or, you know, let's box and, and afterward, you know, they cool with each other. Hey, that's, that's, I'm not talking about that. That's sportsmanship. You know, that's what men do. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what the Bible says, rejoicing in evil. In other words, you love, or for example, you may love hearing about gossip about another person. Or, 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 or say your homegirl's telling you about how someone else's life was destroyed. And you're, and you're like, oh yeah, she hadn't come. Mm-hmm, ha, 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 ha. No. That's rejoicing in evil. The Bible says to rejoice in the truth. In, in other words, gossip, slander, talking about someone behind their back. You know, speaking lies about someone else. That should not be. It shouldn't be to the point if you if you if you truly have love in your life in your heart, you know it shouldn't be at the place where where you're rejoicing in evil. It shouldn't. Let's read on further. Uh, and I, just to speed it up here, verse seven. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love perseveres. It keeps going. It keeps going. If you feel like, I just want to give up. God has not given up on you. So why give up on yourself? You know what? The, why, why do I keep bringing it back to yourself? And, and, and having love for yourself? Well, the Bible says that love your neighbor as yourself. If the, You can't even fully love someone else unless you first 
love yourself. If you find yourself giving up on yourself, you 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 won't protect yourself. You won't love yourself enough to protect yourself in a sense of, you know, we got this thing today. Oh, you know, you better protect yourself. Wear a condom. Well, I got news for us. A condom will never protect you from getting your heart broken. A condom will not protect you from that man or that woman cheating on you. How about you love yourself and protect yourself enough, like the Bible says, to the point where you close your legs and you and you stop having sex with those that you're not married to. You start doing what was told. Like we have this saying, put yourself on lockdown. Clank, clank. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put myself on lockdown until I get married. Why? Because I want God to pick my mate. I don't want any more heartbreaks. I don't want to uh, 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 put my heart in a place where it's broken again. I want to do what the Bible says about love in verse 7, which says love, it always protects. I'm going to protect my heart. His, uh, his reading on further. Love never fails. Verse 8. Love never fails. Do you know when it comes to you personally, God is not going to give up on you. God is not going to give up on helping you through the struggle. God is not going to give up on you on helping you through the pain of yesterday. You know, I even see this in the spirit I don't know who this is, but there's someone today, the things that you have been through as a child, it's even hard for you to even think about what even happened to you. I don't know who this is, but even it's like you block it out in your mind that this happened to you. These things happened in your life. And even when you try to think about it on purpose, you say to yourself, no, no, I don't want to think about this because I don't, want to, I don't want to get angry. Because there's been times where, I don't know who this is, but there's been times where you, if you really think about what happened to you, you'll start getting angry and your mind will start going to a place where you don't really want to go. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Or this in this message, but God is saying His love never is never gonna fail towards you. God is saying you can overcome the things that you went through as a child, the trauma. And when I say trauma, I mean what what's that word? You have had traumatic experiences as a, 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 as, a, as a as a child. And God is saying He wants to heal you mentally from those things. So, so moving on, and I'm going to just go ahead and end with this. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when completeness, completeness comes, what is part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Why love never fails? Because when love comes into your life, you start realizing the way I thought 
the way I operate, the way I went throughout life, it was childish in the eyes of God. And even though I'm an adult today, God is saying you're still a child when it comes to my love and learning commitment. God's saying it's time to grow up. It's time to put the childish ways behind you. And here's what, here's what the rest says, verse 12 to 13. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. Even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, you want to know what's the greatest thing in life? It's not in the fact that you can prophesy or you know all the scriptures back and front in the Bible. Or you go to church more than you, you someone else. Or you have more money or you have more fame or you... All these different things which are the highlights of life. The greatest things in life that will never pass away or never fail is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest thing is love. Apply love to your relationships. I wrote this last thing. Apply love to your relationships, your communication with others, your commitment to other people, and unto yourself. And to your life and your church. And let God teach you. Let God really teach you. One day at a time. What this love thing is. Alright. So that's the message. We thank everyone for joining in today. But we we don't want to have you to hear this message. And not have an opportunity. To know Jesus Christ. As your personal Lord and Savior. I believe that. Like I said this morning. 